What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, it's, uh, we're in an awkward spot here, but i, I got to ask you, even though I can't really move my limbs, uh, how's it going, sir? Um, in what context? Context of... Um, not sort of generic, white guy, how's it going... <laughs> like we usually do, but maybe uh, literally, like, how do you feel right now, given uh, where we're at? Talk about Atlanta sports? Uh, it's a two-fold question. Or all these people in this room. I think it's all the people in the room and us being bound and nearly gagged by... Uh, oh, that's right. Ra- yes, by ravenous psychopath. Mark Andre's uh, Mark back. Andre, Atlanta's <laughs> I completely super, forgot super about fan that. or psychopath, yeah. I don't know. I'm, him with his uh, paper folding over there, you know. I, I tell him to shut the fuck up, but he's got a gun on me at the same time, so it's you know I better not. Uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of just standard. We're used to it at this point, right? Mark Andre does what Mark Andre does. Uh, Mark, how's it going over there, buddy? Good to see you again. It's been a couple months. Hi guys, thanks for the warm welcome. Yeah, <laughs> we don't really have a choice, but yeah. And we're we're also joined today by certified wine correspondent. One Cheryl Pounder. Hello. Ma'am, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I know it's, it sort of might be weird being here. Uh, it's kind of an awkward situation. It is. I You're don't. not bound or gagged in any way, are you? No, I'm, that's, I'm free to that's, roam. That's good. Okay. Actually, uh, Cheryl and I just coincidentally shared a lift pool oh. on the way over here to this yeah. event. She had a insightful observation I about did. I, I'm visiting Atlanta. Yeah, okay. I'm not from around here, and I did see a, a billboard that was for Publix, an establishment that I know and love. <laughs> and they had a billboard that was advertising their Falcons sub being back. Uh, I looked at the billboard and I said, well, that must be disappointing. Mm, wow. Burn. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the users are going to ask, Miss Pounder, um... What, how do you find your way onto it, a, a podcast that's strictly about Atlanta professional sports? Well, as Graham mentioned, I'm a certified wine correspondent, and I was asked to join tonight to later do a segment on pairing Atlanta sports moments, happy or sad, with a wine for you to consume while watching highlights or reruns. We won't have any idea what she means, but we'll always be able to associate those wines in the future with tragic moments in the history of Atlanta sports. Just what we need to hear about right now. Of course. It's very appropriate. Yep. Should we jump into it? Let's do it. Yeah, very appropriate considering the Falcons' brutal... Uh, what the hell? I don't even remember the score. Uh, uh, I know he's got the paper the over AJC there. The AJC right here? Oh, yeah, 22... second heartbreaker. Yeah, 22-19 Cowboys uh, beat the Falcons yesterday. It was the fourth game the Falcons have lost on the last play of the season this year. Uh, just continues another... Horrific trend, and for all intents and purposes, has ended the season for the Falcons at four and six. Inconceivable now to seem like we. A lot of people are out there talking about how the Packers did it last year, Graham. They went six and zero down the. I don't want to hear that shit. If if I if I could jump in and put an optimistic spin on this, it's also it could have been the seventh game the Falcons lost in the last minute. Explain. Yes. The box when Jameis Winston did the the fumble ruski and they could have scored. Yep, that could have been one. Carolina had a potential last-minute win, but they dropped it. Yep. And there was one other. So we're just mediocre across the board. Yeah. Which... Uh, could be one and seven. 
or one and nine, whatever that adds up to. Wine, sommelier. Sommelier. Uh, Pairing for this this last game that we had. Well, just the math, the basic arithmetic. Oh, basic arithmetic. Yeah, it doesn't seem strong over there for Marc Andre. <laughs> he was not so sure about himself. I think he got there eventually, but it took a little adding. You know, I don't know how they do things in Canada, but it was uh, it was a defensive struggle yesterday, friends. Um, and it was ugly. I mean, ugly all around in terms of the offensive performance. I mean, the defense kind of hung in there, but I don't know. It, it, just, it was just one of those really boring ass games, especially in the third quarter with that one big Cowboys driver. I think they finally got the touchdown. It was like. The ball is going for four yards every play, every play, every play. And um, they just wore the defense out by the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, Vic got in there, got a couple sacks. We had a couple moments where something could have happened, but yeah. of course we didn't get the big turnover, and they got the big turnover right. with uh, Calvin Ridley. That's two games he's lost for us now, by the way. That one, and refresh my memory. You, your, your boy, Calvin Ridley? My boy, Calvin Ridley. What was the other game? Um, you can't ask me questions like that, Graham, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> you say that, and I can't ask you questions like that? Yeah. You know, we knew kind of this game, stopping Zeke Elliott was going to be a big part of giving us a chance to win the game. We didn't do that. 23 carries for 122 yards and a score. Average five, a little over five yards a carry. Um, particularly in the second half. I mean, he was just unstoppable. He only busts, like, one really big run, but... It was like uh, just had no answer for him. I don't know why we didn't stack the, the 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 box in terms of putting seven or eight guys up there, and I also don't know why we kept dropping you know eight men back and only rushing three when uh, during obvious passing situations. Well, uh, yeah, Dan Quinn. A lot of people question him today and his general coaching ability. Yep, his timeout calling ability. Yes, wine correspondent. I watched the game. Christian I was Pounder. Christian I was, Pounder. I was sipping on a nice Riesling and eating some spicy chicken wings. Yeah, um, yeah I was disappointed. Yeah, that, that timeout was bullshit. Why do you want to give Dallas extra time to march down the field? It's almost like playing it in their hands. You just, I, I really don't understand. You know, I actually I have a quote yeah. from him about yeah, that. Yeah, please. He said, oh, I got it right here. Quinn, actually, I got, uh, you want from that Ryan? Response to that timeout as well? Please. Oh, actually, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Ryan said, I felt like our defense was going to get the stop and we'd have the opportunity. Are you kidding? He's just covering for Quinn, Quinn said, we were going in with the mindset we're going to stop it and give our offense a chance. I think bottom line here, guys, is that the uh, Falcons defense should be able to make a stop third and five with the game on the line. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd like to think that, but you also have to know your team and that there was no chance in hell that that was going to happen. Yeah, we've, 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 we've lost every single game because of our defense not being able to get the big stop at the right. end of the game. Right, so what makes you think they're going to do it now, particularly after they just, you know, the last two drives, I believe, um, or last two scoring drives happened back-to-back, really long drive for Dallas, and they get the ball off the turnover, and then they score, and then they score quickly right after that. I mean, it was back-to-back scores. They were on the field for like eight or nine minutes, and they were just they were they were done at that point. They were done. So I was like, why do you think with this the big time possession advantage that Dallas had at that point that there was any chance they'd stop? Plus, Matt Ryan really needs like forty seconds to get a field in field goal range. I also don't think that makes any sense because you're playing implying that Matt Ryan is going to get something done in the clutch. He does. They don't so, call him Marty Slutch for nothing. No one calls him that except you and your jerk-off friends. 
don't think we know each other that well. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Anyways. Yeah, frustrating game all around. Yeah. Um, Julio had a... a, Before we go big big picture, we're still focusing on the last minute shenanigans. Sure. I'd like to point out that host Graham here, or was it host, I think it was host Adam. One of you, within one second of Julio making that catch, said, too much time on the clock. Oh, yeah. In all joy. Oh, yeah. Sucked out of the yeah. room. Right, right after the Julio You're, touchdown. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take credit for that. Yeah, no, that was you. Because <laughs> yeah. I was caught up in the moment, too. I was like, holy shit, another Julio there touchdown. Was 750 milliseconds of excitement. <laughs> yeah. And then we realized he's right. right. There's no chance the Falcons hold on. The energy was sucked out of the room at that point. I apologize, guys. Um, no, it's very it's not your, <laughs> Yeah, it's not your <laughs> fault. That, that's how all Atlanta sports fans should think. That just shows how true to Atlanta you really are. Mm hmm. I'm just always waiting for the inevitable. Right, the other shoe to drop. Um, yeah, I think even correspondent Alexa, who was watching the Ravens game on her laptop at that point, felt brought down by that moment. Yeah, she's also really. She picked her head up from the laptop. She saw the clock. She said, yep, yep Cowboys win. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to the Ravens game. Yeah. It, I mean, these last-minute losses are absurd. It really is getting... I mean, it's beyond I mean, We just don't know how to close. That's it's beyond frustrating. Line. There has been a lot of, yeah, and so this comes back to, to, to Dan Quinn to me, not completely, but I just want to talk about him for a second. In terms of... I'm sure you do. Well, just in terms of, you know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter from a lot of fans. I, I was on Twitter last night looking through various things. Um, you were... you were, uh, A healthy way to spend your, your Sunday night. You were rage tweeting? I wasn't, I didn't rage tweet at all. Um, rage reading? Rage reading. Uh, just because I feel like if I tweet something angry, then it's gonna come back and bite me in the ass, or might say something. Then somebody, you know, think before you you get on that silly ass social yeah, media. We, we could certainly not handle that bad press, Graham. If you were to offend someone on the internet, God forbid. <laughs> I don't even know who our PR person is at this point. We fired. It might have been intern Katie, but she got fired. Yeah, she was fired for lack of hustle. Yeah, we mm-hmm. fire pretty much anyone and everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't really have the ability to fire Mark Andre though. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting stat I came across. Uh, the Falcons only blew three fourth-quarter leads in this Mike Smith's first four seasons from 2008 to 2011. The Falcons have blown 12 fourth-quarter leads in Dan Quinn's first four seasons, 2015 to 2018. Um, Wait, start over. I wasn't paying attention at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the Falcons only blew three fourth-quarter leads in Mike Smith's first four seasons from 2008 to 2011. The Falcons have blown 12 fourth-quarter leads mm. in Dan Quinn's first four seasons, 2015 to 2018. Well, that's interesting. How, how many fourth-quarter leads did they have in each coach's respective no, first four seasons? I have no idea. I, you know, I would be able to check my phone for that if you hadn't bound me to this chair. But, you know. It could be worse. Me. It could be the Chargers, who in their 2017 season, I believe, blew 10 fourth-quarter leads. Jesus. It was literally the difference between being... And in one season. <laughs> Jesus one season, Christ. yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know what that says about... I mean, obviously it says... What's well, Smitty? I don't remember those defenses being that stout under No, they Smitty. weren't very good. And it's not like the Falcons have had a stout defense really under Dan Quinn. I mean, all the, the defense finally got... That last year was the first year the defense was, you know, a respectable top ten defense. Every other year they've been middling to shit. So, I mean, he inherited Paul Warlow and all that 
you know that that crew. Let, let's be realistic. We we all know it doesn't matter how much talent you have. You could have the all star of NFL defenses on that field yesterday. Cowboys are gonna win the game. They're gonna hit a last second field goal. Unless we got like one pick. No, there's all it may, takes. Maybe there's an earthquake while they're trying to kick the field goal and they miss. They're gonna make make the field goal. That's what a lot of defenses do. Like it doesn't matter who's coaching. Doesn't matter who's a defensive coordinator. They're gonna rush. Two, maybe three guys. They're going to play prevent defense. They're going to do dump passes. They're going to pick up 18 yards each time. And they're going to kick a field goal at the last second. That's pretty accurate. I can't, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that one. Uh, Mark Andre, you've been. You're on point today. Yeah. This AJC sports section is splendid. It, it does help to have the, the paper from the actual city that you're discussing as yeah. opposed to the San, Diego, of San Diego sports paper. Uh, actually, you bring up something interesting, Mark, uh, with. Talking about no matter what big stars on defense, etc. A big star is missing from the defense yesterday. It may have been eligible to play and be on Jones. The decision was made not to put him in the game because they didn't feel like he was quite at a hundred percent. But you got to ask yourself, you know, this in, in retrospect. I asked myself this going into the game was it was like your season's pretty much on the line here. Not pretty much it is. And if your best defensive player has a chance to return, potentially to help save your season, don't you? Take that chance. Um, well, one of the uh, Falcoholic guys was talking about Deion Jones. Mm-hmm. I think he's very overrated. Continue. <laughs> Just wanted to see your, your reaction to that. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to listen like to he that. Ha- he has his games where he dominates, like, yeah, with the Saints last year, but consistently across the board, I'd say the first half of last season he was very underwhelming, and then pretty much the last eight games of the year he was lights out. Yeah, I mean, I just um, I just don't see him coming back from that foot injury and immediately making a huge impact. Maybe not, but I mean, yeah, I, th- I mean, but he would certainly improve your defense. He's much better than Duke Riley. He's much better than Foyer. He's the best linebacker we have. So, I mean, if he – but they're also saying, you know, we want Dion here for the long haul. We don't want to jeopardize his future. We don't want to injure him further. But yeah. it sort of also makes you ask yourself, it's like, if there's – and that, that, that says more to me that they have – that is true, certainly, but it also says to me that they have no faith in this team to do anything. Because if they did, they might have thrown him out there. Well, what I, mean, I guess what we'll tell for sure is if he plays against the Saints on Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to do that now. I mean, are you kidding me? I, I mean, think that's a good point. The I think se- they value yeah. next season, potentially, or seasons in the future, right. over the season where they feel like they're... Yeah, like, we, but we win, we, if we win that Dallas game, like, we we're, we have a chance. Sure, sure, but now we have... Zero so, so, I don't think there's, any, there's no reason... Having a player on yeah. that field is not going to make a difference. It, I think it would. If you get that big pick? It's not even just a big pick, but it's just the communication. Like, Deion Jones is so instrumental in the way that the defense communicates with each other. And he's going to be a hell of a lot better at making open field tackles than anyone on that field. But also, keep in mind, 22 points from our defense is pretty decent. No. It, offense only putting up 19. The thing is, is, Dallas is so one-dimensional on offense, the only thing they can do is get the ball to Zeke Elliott. And we couldn't contain him yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he didn't have the big run till the end of the game, but he was constantly involved. He had so many touches, as, as Mark aptly put uh, previously. 
And it was like we couldn't do anything this time. It wasn't like Dak was out there. Aptly read from the box score. <laughs> right. It wasn't like Dak's out there slinging arrows or anything. Or a, a receiver went off. Like Amari Cooper was out in three catches for 30 Dak, yards or something Dak like Prescott, that. Dak Prescott, 22 for 32, 208 yards. Yeah, I mean, it was... No interceptions. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't do any do him any favors by not getting any pressure minus the Vic Beasley sacks. But uh, pretty Which, much what I'm trying to say is, is that I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, the offense, um, the offense kind of let us down. But Dallas has been pretty good defensively all year. I mean, they, they were destroying our offensive line. They were in Matt's face all day. Held Matt to a rather pedestrian game, especially for him this year. So. That would be 24 for 34, 291 yards, one interception. Nope. One touchdown and one interception. This box score only showed one number. Conversely, <laughs> Cam Newton threw for 357 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, they lost the game. But their team lost too. Yep. And he, fa- he failed miserably with a chance because to, he has no ability. He had a chance to, to win the game at the end. And flubbed pass. it. Yeah. Six and four though. Oh. Ain't doing shit. The Saints are going to win the NFC, which sickens me. Uh, I mean, there's there's yeah. literally getting back to the original point of the discussion. There's no point to play Deion Jones against the Saints on Thanksgiving night. Absolutely no, zero point. That'd be crazy. I would hold him out the rest of the year and say just. Take it easy. Practice if you want, but you ain't playing. No reason to risk further injury going at this point. Um, it's going to be tough watching that game. You got to watch it, though. Oh, you have to watch it. You can't You can't be a fair-weather little fool. Well, at that point, you'll have had a lot of turkey, Some liquor. a few toddies. Mm. Yeah. Maybe you can feign sleep. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... There's a... Uh, I feel like I'm going to be Jack Nicholson... In the Shining, when he first started to lose his mind, he's just staring out the window, smiling. But he's, like, kind of disturbed and crazy. That's just going to be me watching that game. I feel like, like I don't know how I'm going to feel. I feel like you've lost your mind a long time ago, Junior. That's fair. But Time for a Graham Sports Therapy segment? Uh, no, he's doing all right. I don't know. I mean, you... <laughs> Like, you like, did a good job composing your anger on yesterday. Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I think I you had to. You did come back to win the World Series of Can Jam. Yes, I did, which is very fair with with one uh, Cheryl Pounder mm-hmm, defeated mm-hmm. Uh, some losers. Well, it's Falcons-wise, is there to even talk about? Uh, there's not a kicker controversy. Matt Bryan came back and was daggers. But it doesn't matter. The season's over. We can say he was good. But, uh, interesting question to pose. Do you keep Tavecchio on your roster because Matt Bryant's about to be 44? I don't think... I don't think... Comes in the game and kicks the ball. Yeah, I don't think... He could be 50. Yeah. Vinatieri's still kicking. He's been kicking since 96. But Bryant got hurt from kicking a long field goal two weeks ago. And maybe he just needs to stretch a little more. He's fine. He's fine. He's the great... You know what? You, You... you you give him some freaking I, credit. I'm not. The, I, I do. I love. I love the man. But he's. You were talking. He's getting you're talking all about like. Oh, should just stick with Georgia. If Matt Bryant misses one kick, you gotta think he's done. Bop, bop, bop. You were being a little a little downtrodden on there was one a, falcon. There, there was a, one falcon you cannot criticize. There was a point in the game where we punted instead of kicking like a 53 yard field goal. Yeah, we should have probably kicked it. That's Dan Quinn's and that's fault. and that's because he's worried about Matt Bryant. He didn't seem to be worrying about him when he's kicking fifty-yard field goals the rest of the game. Vinatieri is only forty-five. Same age. He's been kicking since ninety-six. So, my I I think you keep Matt Bryant 
Tavecchio, whatever. No, I'm, I'm saying you keep Matt Bryant, obviously. You can't carry but two kickers. You can. You can, but it's silly. Get, do, you, do we really need our fourth running back? I'd rather have a fourth running back than a second kicker. Second kicker is ludicrous, Adam. Ludicrous. It's not that ludicrous. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Why is it not? Because Matt Bryant could get hurt again. All right. And we might need a new kicker next year. Don't need a new kicker. We just signed the man on a three-year contract. He's going to be your kicking for the next three years. Why don't we just let him punt the ball or something? That's not how that works. I think... um, I think it's an irrelevant conversation. Last thing I want to talk about with the Falcons you is... Can't, no, you can't just be the one to claim whether a conversation is irrelevant or not. I can state whatever I want to. There's no fucking rules to this thing. Mark andre is certified proof of that. I d- uh, Cheryl Pounder, for Christ's sake. What do you want? The, 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 it's all irrelevant. You can't just say my one conversation about actual Falcons players is I irrelevant. I just don't see how you can say that we can... I'm not the only ca- person saying it. We can carry two kickers. Who else is saying? They carry two kickers this week. Yeah, because they wanted to see how Matt was doing. Now he's fine. It, it, we weren't missing that fourth running back. I don't know. I understand this is stupid, but... No, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I get it because it's a good insurance policy, but I just don't feel like it's warranted. I really don't. Okay. You can go pick up a kicker off the street. And at this point, you really don't need it. Because who cares? The season's over. We'll move on. I, think, I have another Falcons point I'd yeah, like to make. Sure. We talk a lot about how it's ridiculous that no matter who you have playing, the Falcons always play a prevent defense and give up a last second win, et cetera, et cetera. But what you guys have to this point completely overlooked was the preview, the first of the last two offensive drives, the second to last offensive drive. Yeah. The Falcons get inside the 10. They've got a fourth and two. Yeah. Dan Quinn, maybe Dan Quinn wanted to go for it, and Matt Ryan said, no, I don't want to go for it. <laughs> One way or the other, the Falcons end up kicking a field goal on fourth and two from the eight. Offense finishes the job there. They score a touchdown. The Cowboys can't kick a field goal to tie it. That is very true. Or to win. Or to win, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. Would you, have no. made that, would you have made that decision? What decision you would have made? We were watching the game together, and I said, go for it. Okay. I still think it's the right move, because... Well, considering what the defense has been through. Well, in hindsight, we all know it was the wrong move. So you, that's yeah, considering what the defense... Well, there's no saying the offense would have converted. Well, sure, but we know this didn't work. Right. So at least the other thing, <laughs> no, the that, chance of work. That's, that's fair. I, I, I kind of wanted them to go for it, but I have my, my confidence, and I think one reason they didn't go for it, uh, is one, it's a strategic football move, coach, coach move to, to do that, but two... The, the red zone offense hasn't been very good the last couple of weeks, so I think there was a lot of trepidation uh, coming from, from that standpoint as well. Well, also, the min- the move worked out because we tied the game up. The move didn't work out because the Cowboys win. But yeah, but if, if, we, if we don't convert, then the game's over right, right. there. But I mean, the, game, the game's over either way. It's but you could, you, you could go either way on this, regardless of... Because, you know, obviously, in the moment, you're not... Conceiving what the final score is going to be, but you know you're trying to tie the but game. We're not in the moment. It was. I know. No, I'm just trying to think about it from Dan. Well, that's 2020 hindsight on that one. Yeah, but I think if you can't trust your defense to make a stop with the game on the line on third and five, you then should you go better. for it on fourth and two. I would agree. I think I think that's the sounder nailed point. it. Yeah, and I don't think you could at that point because they were run down. Sir, they were blind correspondent. Blind correspondent. They they were totally run down at that point. So I mean I would agree. I would rather them have gone for it. If they don't get it, so be it. 
we might be here killing them for going for it, but at least we would have put ourselves in a better chance to win potentially, even though there is more risk associated with that. So, to play devil's advocate, we all know that even if they had scored a touchdown there, the Cowboys just would have scored a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> that is an Atlanta sports. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, way, that, that is a lot harder. Yeah, either way, you're screwed. Um, last last thing I want to touch on with the Falcons is Dan Quinn. Have uh, we already touched on that? We, we did, but I just want to say, <laughs> so I just want to say, long long term, what do you think? Is, is he still your guy? Yeah, I would say so too. He's got to get a little better at coaching in game, though. That's that's the problem I have. Like I can't like. There's a lot of fans who are giving him so much shit, and I can't give him as much shit as they are just because everyone keeps saying the injuries are an excuse. But it's like you look at it on both sides of the ball. We've been destroyed. Well, that. Offensive line, losing two starters. You're starting running back. It, it's really not an excuse at this Safeties. point, though. For a couple of those but, games, yes. But we've lost so many games we should have won. That's true, but I'm just saying it's like if we had those guys, or at least even just a couple of those guys, we probably don't lose as yeah, many games. Yeah, but that's, that's the NFL. Everyone's got injuries. I know, but this has been ridiculous, the amount of injuries we've had. So I'm just no, saying. No, Adam, it's completely on Adam's side here. If I may jump in on your podcast for a second. Yeah, I was please. reading this uh, Mark Bradley article here. Mark AJC Bradley. This morning. And I got to some point where he started to write the season off. Like, they had a bunch of injuries on the defense. Nobody knew this was going to happen. Therefore, it is what it is. And it's ridiculous. Four and six losses. I want to say at least four of those six losses, the offense had the ball and a lead with less than seven minutes to go. Did not close the game. They but, ended up punting. You but, either score a touchdown or you run the clock out. I mean, that's you, don't, you don't need the defense to do that. You just need you just need to win the game. No, but the, seven the defense has also given up thirty five plus points a game in a lot of these. Well, that's losses. sure. That's sure. But if you had a good offense, it is a good offense. It's one win. of the best offenses in, in the league. Yeah, this they year. can put up good stats. But if you have the ball it's less than seven minutes and a one score lead, put the game away. Seven minutes—that's a lot of time, Mark Andre. A Peyton Manning offense is not going to punt the ball with less Peyton than seven Manning. minutes in a one okay. score game. Yeah, let's let's pull a Hall of Fame quarterback quarterback out here. It's relevant. That that reminds me of so. Mark Andre here is making a lot of rational points, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> but then he throws something like that out there. No, that's very relevant. Completely you, if, squashes if, if his you argument. You have the ball with less than seven minutes to go, win the game. Well, yeah, that's the idea. But it doesn't always work out like that. It's a different NFL now. Right. Um, Anyways, but, I, was, but, yeah, I was getting in a uh, text argument with. Uh, I'm going to quickly jump to the Braves where. Um, talking about there was a rumor out there for like half a second today that the Braves were going to get Bryce Harper. Mm. That they were in the running for it. It's gone. And then Dave O'Brien, like four minutes later, was like, oh, now my other source is telling me the Braves are absolutely not in the running. Yeah, he made himself look kind of silly with that today. Yeah. But anyway, but I I tell Jacob, I, I was like, I'd totally be up for getting Bryce Harper. That'd be amazing. And then Jacob's just throwing out all these stats on me. He's like, he had a 1.3 war last year. Yeah, which is pretty terrible. Like he's got 23 war over the past like seven years compared to Mike Trout with 100. Yeah, Mike Trout's much better than that. And it's like you, you can't give a guy a 10-year contract. Like look at like it, Griffey and A-Rod and Pujols. It's, it all bombed out for all of them. Yeah, that was a great point. So like he's making all these great points, but he's like, but let's be honest, I, I just want to have Ichiro on our team. Ichiro, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob retired each year. Ichiro doing, still playing baseball? You were, no, yeah. he's not. Okay. Yeah, he, just, he okay. retired this year. It's like, you're no. doing so well, Jacob. No. I just love Ichiro. 
whatever. Yeah, to be fair for Bryce Harper, I think signing a 10-year contract with Atlanta would be definitely the end of his career. Oh, yeah. No, he, like, tears ACL, come back, do well for 40 Ouch. games, and then tears his other ACL. just historically speaking, you know, it's... Yeah. I, th- I think, um, yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, to go back to your point, it is frustrating, Mark Nodder. There have been times the offense hasn't closed games this year. But, I mean, I still got to chunk a lot of this up to injuries, but I do agree that Dan Quinn has to get better in in-game coaching, and it kind of concerns me that... I don't think when it comes down to it, he's a great rah-rah guy, he's a great team guy, great chemistry, whatever, and he has a good defensive mind. But as the overall package to being a, a head coach in the league, I think there's still some things missing. And I think if he was going to, you know, sort of, there are some things missing. And if he was going to be able to, you know, enact the things that are missing, he would have done it by now. I think those things are just never going to, it's like Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been a damn a horrible in-game coach his whole life, you know, he's the quarterback whisperer. He's got a severe detriment that's preventing him from winning anything of note, uh, winning a Super Bowl. And I, I fear that Dan Quinn's kind of the same way. I don't believe in just jumping shit from a coach after... I'm not going to jump shit. Years, I'm just though. saying, I'm thinking about... I mean, like, you got to say, he's had a lot of success since coming here. Yeah, hell yeah. He's won an NFC Championship. He's won three playoff games. Um, obviously, he blew, you know, the biggest lead. You know, it was the worst loss ever. But I mean, but we were there. But we were there, and you can't just give up on them, especially considering the injuries this year. So I think people need to temper their their hatred a little bit. But also, I think it is still fair to criticize the things he's come up short on that he can control, which is the in-game clock management, especially. I guess that's that's it for the Falcons. Next game against the Saints, we're going to get our brains beaten in. I predict we lose by at least twenty points. That seems fair. Yeah, like they are unstoppable. Did you watch them yesterday? No, I yeah. I, I really don't know. Like I. I that's probably the way it goes, but typical Atlanta sports, we hang on, and then Drew Brees breaks two tackles at the last second. Yep. It could go either way. Yeah. It, it Maybe it's going to be closer than that. Those games are always historically close, but the Saints are just on such a roll right now that I just I don't mm-hmm. foresee them losing this game no, or even coming close to this. No, but it could be close. It's just a matter of yeah. the Falcons get out to a hot start and blow it at the end, or the Saints just... Steamroll us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty much going to be one or the other. I mean, that's the debate. No one can touch them right now at all. So, yeah, it'll be a depressing Thanksgiving night for Falcons fans everywhere. At least we don't have to worry about, like, there being, like, a lot of playoff implications here. I mean, this really kills you. Like, this officially, officially ends the season if you lose the game against the Saints, but the season's like... They could pull a Redskins and win it and give us a glimmer of hope and then lose to the Ravens. Right. Something like that. Like, I think we've seen what this team is. This team ain't a playoff team. Yeah. And that's that. Um, Cheryl Pounder, certified wine correspondent. Yes. Please, wait. Let we, us... we have we have no Braves Hawks coverage. Well, um, well, we can we can do we can do the wine pairing segment first. Yeah, it'd be a good palate cleanser. <laughs> certified wine correspondent Cheryl Pounder. Uh, please uh, tell us again how your segment will work out. Well, the gentlemen here of Atlanta Zone are going to. Give me an Atlanta sports moment, and I will pair a wine with it, whether that is a happy moment or a sad moment or... Mostly sad. You know, the So we don't, have to, go, we don't have to go straight negative. No, no, you don't have to go straight negative. Okay. You can go, there's, you know, there's wine for every occasion. Sure. So just lay it on me. I'll gotcha. Ask. Okay. All right, so apparently Mark andre has a couple of uh, scenarios that comes to his mind, so kick it off, sir. NLDS... Elimination game, 
Brooks Cotter makes four errors. Giants win. 2010. We were one strike away from winning the game. We would have had a 2-1 series lead if we had won that game. So what I'm hearing here is that this, uh, this moment in Atlanta sports history was quite disappointing. Yeah. It was de- <laughs> as Bobby Cox's last season, we actually had a chance to win the series and go to the NLCS, potentially. Good team. Um, it was a team that was decimated by injuries. Decimated. Um, and, obliterated. And, and, okay, obliterated, whatever you want to say. Uh, Chipper was out for the year. Prado was out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had come back with a two-run pitch hit home run by Eric Hensky to take a 2-1 lead. It was the bottom of the ninth. There was We were like one strike away, and then all hell broke loose. Okay, okay. Yeah, it. So it was, it was sad. It was sad, yes. Yeah. Incredibly sad. Disappointing, sad. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm going to go with a, a vintage Bordeaux for this because they're very expensive. You have a lot of high expectations. And you finally open this wine, take a sip, and it's corked. Wine is bad. You can taste this kind of funky mold in the wine. But can you get your money back for that? There are no health defects that result from drinking corked wine, so it'll still get you drunk. But a sad drunk. That's mm-hmm. sad. A sad drunk. I think that's apropos for almost every Atlanta sports moment. Are you using big words now because we're doing a wine segment. Sorry, I have a decent vocabulary. Okay, class it up a little bit. Okay. All right, next. I like that. 2004 NLDS, game two. Oh. Braves lose game one, must win game two effectively before they go back to Houston. For call, convicted of a DUI recently, judge has given him an oh, exception yeah. where he can delay his sentence until after the season's over. Seems corrupt, but go on. <laughs> Season on the line effectively. John Smoltz comes in, pitches scoreless, eighth, ninth, tenth inning. Ray King comes in, pitches a scoreless top of the eleventh. Game still tied. Two strikes, two outs for Call. Smacks it fastball into the right field bleachers. Braves win. For Call stays out of jail. Alright, so this is a, a happy occasion. Yes. For the Braves and for Call, who no longer has to go to jail immediately. I'm guessing. Right. Uh, Fercal, I believe, is from the Dominican Republic. That is not really a wine region, as far as I know. So I'm going to go take it back to the motherland and go with a Spanish cava. Basically Spain's version of champagne. It's not from the champagne region of France, so you can't call it champagne. It's a law. So cava is quite delightful. It's usually dry, not too sweet perfect for celebrating special occasions. It's usually not too expensive, not so much as champagne. Much like Fercal, who signed his original contract with the Braves in 1996 for $5,000. And it uh, seems appropriate for celebrating this occasion. God damn. I think we have a first on this show, Graham. I think we have a new official uh, co-host. Dropping knowledge like that. Well, the, the first is research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a very foreign concept. Preparation. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, next moment. 1991 World Series, Game 7. Braves lose in extra innings when... <laughs> Gotta jump straight Fuck to the me. extra innings. We can't, we, talk, we can't talk about John Smoltz's splendid start. John Smoltz had a very gutsy start. What, he pitched like 10 innings or something? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, went, went, pitch, went, went pitch for pitch with future Hall of Famer Jack Morris. Terry Pellinen hit a double into left center field gap. There's a guy on second, Lonnie Smith. I think it was the eighth inning. Yeah, the eighth inning. And so Lonnie Smith loses the ball in the lights. He hesitates. And instead of scoring on the double, it only gets to third. The, uh, the next play, I think, was a, a double play to end the inning. The Braves would have taken the lead and then probably would have won the World Series at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they lost in like 13 innings or something, and it was the beginning of, not the beginning of the Atlanta sports curse, but for me in my lifetime, it was. So it seems like a lost opportunity. A huge lost opportunity. It could have been a World Series championship. Because the Braves, in the next inning, shut down the Twins, uh, the, the twins offense. So had they scored a run and the same events happened when the Braves were pitching, they would have won the championship. Okay. I think you want to go for this one with a... New World style, real big California Cabernet. It's gonna be delicious. It is gonna get you real drunk. And I think that might be the goal for this situation. Where yep. you feel like you had so many hopes and dreams. Right. And in that one moment, they were gone. Gosh, so many depressing lines. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, cab can go either way, but for this situation, I think that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I, th- I think th- these are all very specific and uh, moments and either huge glory or massive disappointment. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking something a little more casual. Okay. Right. Um, I like a Hawks win on like November 8th, 2004 or something like that. I was going to go, yeah, I was going to go Hawks, but I was going to go like, um, we're talking like maybe a December game, so the season's not fully... Uh, I mean, maybe a quarter of the way through the season at this point or something like that. Hawks have been down pretty big the entire game. And um, with about four seconds left, Kyle Korver drills a three from the corner. Um, Other team chucks one down the court, and they do not convert on the uh, three-pointer to win the game. And Graham and I high-five in Phillips Arena at this point. And we say that that was fair, mm-hmm. and then we leave the arena. All right, and this is uh, <laughs> was this a weeknight? Uh, this is like at? a Thursday night. Okay, okay, Thursday night. I think you're you looking did. at a uh, a GSM from the Rhone Valley in France, a Grenache Syrah Mouvedre blend. It's delightful. It's a light kind of bodied red wine. It's not going to be super high alcohol if you have to go to work the next day. Mm. I think that's the kind of weeknight. Wow. You know, kind of moderate wine that you're looking for. A little celebration. A little bit of a celebration. It's kind of special. It's not an everyday wine. It's not something you'd usually just pick off the shelf. Okay. But it's uh, it's going to be worth your while. It's going to be a decent price point. Nice. Okay. I got one. It was a 2004 NFC Championship game, I believe. Yeah, four. Uh, Where the Falcons played the Eagles at Philly. We got our brains just beat in. We lost by like 20 points. The game was semi in reach until about the third quarter, and then it was just completely out of reach. I mean, they, we were down like 7 to 10 points the whole game until the end. Um, so you kind of have hope, but not really because you know the other team's so much better than you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could have, if you won the game, you go to the Super Bowl. But Right. Yeah. So if you, if you won the game, it would have been a cause for major celebration, but losing is not as heartbreaking as... Atlanta sports losses right. that we've seen yeah. since then. It was just a, it was a slow <laughs> twist of the knife. Okay, okay. I'd say uh, 
you're gonna want to go with something probably moderate to high alcohol in that situation, but something that you're gonna enjoy. I'd, I'd recommend a, a good Shiraz from mm. Australia. Same thing as Syrah. Most people don't think they're the same grape, but they actually are. They just call it Shiraz in Australia. Shiraz. A little more. Yeah, it's a little. Sounds kind of southern. Australian. It's a little better twang. with the Aussie accent. The Shiraz. You got it. And I think Shiraz. That's a, that's it's gonna be a little spicy, <laughs> you know. It's gonna it's gonna be a little spicy. It's gonna burn a little bit. Okay. But it's it's gonna feel good. Yeah. Sounds like we'll need a few bottles of that Thanksgiving night. Yeah, that's actually the perfect one. Mm. Yeah. Well, you don't want to drink it with Thanksgiving dinner. That's not a great pairing with turkey. But you said go with you, you, you said you don't expect the Falcons to win. Mm-hmm. But they keep it kind of close. And then they but not anyway. too close. Yeah, you know, you could go Pinot Noir for that situation as well, which also will pair nicely with your Thanksgiving feast. Pinot Noir is a very difficult grape to grow. So you're saying you you're don't saying, expect it to be successful, but when it is, it's very good. So you're saying it's not all about the game situation. Well, you got to take into account what you're eating with the wine. Like if you had told me you were eating chicken wings while watching one of these games, I may have changed my opinion. Got it. So here's a another specific one for me. Um, 2018. NLDS game three. You're at the this year. Yes, you're at the stadium. It's the. I don't know what you're talking about. Is it the second inning? No, I think it's third. Third inning, something like that. It's the third inning. You're in the middle of a fresh beer run. Mm -hmm. Um. And then all of it. Oh no 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 no! I apologize. It's the it's Freddy's. Oh, you're talking about Freddy's home run. Fifth, I thought you were talking about mm, Acuna. Is it Sorry. fifth inning? I think it's the sixth. I can't remember. Sixth inning. Yeah. So Braves had been up big after the classic Acuna Grand Slam, and then the Dodgers came back to tie it up, and then we're just like, damn it, in another troll trudge of a game, and then you're getting a fresh beer. You're in the mood for something hoppy, though. I was, I was going for a hopsecutioner. Okay, okay. And then you just hear the crowd erupt. Freddie Freeman hit a home run to put us ahead. You chest bump a stranger uh-huh. and then hug him. Uh-huh. And then instead of ordering the hopsecutioner, what do you order? I'm going to go with a sparkling wine of Pinot Noir. It's one of my personal favorites for celebratory occasions. It is crisp and dry, so if you're looking for something hoppy, it kind of has a few of the similar aspects. Very acidic, fairly acidic, so it kind of gives you that tang on your tongue that you're looking for with a, with a hoppy beer. And it's really just a, a great celebration wine overall. Delicious, refreshing. Mm. Tastes, it tastes special. It tastes like something you wouldn't have every day. Nice. I think that's something you want to have every day. What are the odds that they sell it from the beer vendor, though? That's uh, probably unlikely, yeah. You know, in, in this day and age, when you get a haircut at the stadium? If you're buying know. wine from the beer vendor at the stadium, I may not be able to help you there. It's mm. probably not going to be the best selection. Uh, best moment in Atlanta sports history is obviously the 95 World Series. Um, the Braves had the ultimate form of uh, blue balls when it comes to sport, sports teams. Uh Lost the 91 World Series, 92 World Series, got to the playoffs in 93, couldn't get the job done. 94, there was a strike. So 95, it's like, for the love of God, come on, win the fucker. Um, so they pretty much dominated the series. It was 3-2. to two. Tom Glavin pitches a one-hitter through, I think, eight innings. 
and then um, it's one to nothing, and you're at home, and you're about to clinch, and then... Let's give David Justice some credit. David Justice had a solo home run to give the Braves one nothing lead, and then it's the ninth inning, and you win it, and it's pure ecstasy with unbridled beauty. Rookie Chipper Jones. Okay. Rookie Chipper Jones wins, his, wins the World Series. Atlanta wins his first championship at that point in 30-ish years of uh, professional sports existence. Okay. I think the words, what did you say? Unbridled. Yes. Ecstasy. Yes. Pure vintage. Something along mm-hmm. those lines. Right. <laughs> I think you're going to want to go with a vintage Burgundy. Okay. Burgundy, some of the most expensive wine that you can buy. From the Burgundy region of France, it is the red wines Pinot Noir, basically, but it's made out of Pinot Noir grapes, and it's just very delicious and like nothing you've ever tasted. Subtle but complex at the same time. And I think that's really going to be a good wine for that occasion. If you want to go more celebratory, you could go with a vintage Champagne, which is also delicious and a little, you know, festive. I'd say. I think you're really going to want to go with vintage burgundy. You're going to pay a couple grand for a bottle, but... Oof. I think, I think it's worth it Let's for a championship. It's this Sunday. The Falcons are 4-7. and seven. The United win their first conference championship playoff game. one to nothing. Last second goal. You're super pumped up, but you don't really understand how the two-game playoff I, uh, for this occasion, I actually think I have the wine on hand that we would drink at that time. It's a, you know, I'd say it's, it's a great wine, but it's, it's more new age. It's a American Pinot Noir. So Burgundy is the classic Pinot Noir region in the world. And then California, Oregon, Washington, making some pretty good Pinot Noir lately, especially Oregon. So I'd maybe go with a, a real good Oregon Pinot. From the Willamette Valley. Mm-hmm. They can be you know, kind of moderately expensive in price point, but very delicious, a little surprising, much like Atlanta's affinity for their new soccer team. Mm. And I think that would be a good uh, good pairing for a United win. Very sure. It's got to be kind of excited about the United game. Yeah. I'm looking forward to drinking that <laughs> yeah. if they win. Keep in mind, we still don't know how the two-game series works. Not at all. But I'm a little little more uh, interested. Yeah. Intrigued. Yeah. Um, last one for me. I don't know if you have any other ones. Okay. Last one for me is a pairing of two of the worst moments in Atlanta sports history. Perfect, Graham. <laughs> the uh, game four of the 96 World Series. Uh, we had started the series against the Yankees. We're defending World Series champions. Defending World Series champions been in four of the last five World Series. All right. Yeah. We were supposed to be the team of the 90s. Mm-hmm. We were at that point. Mm-hmm. And... We were up two games to nothing. We had beaten the Yankees handily at their stadium, the Yankee Stadium in 96. Coming home to Turner Field. Andrew Jones, two home runs, and, first two World Series at-bats. Yes, which was excellent. Um, we come home. We lose the first, uh, we lose game three. And it's like, all right, it's all right. Game four, we're up like six nothing. In true, in true to Atlanta fashion, we blow the lead. Tom, we're coming home with... Hall of Famer, Tom Glavin, pitching game three. Yes, we lost that game. We lost that game. I think Denny Nagel pitched game four. Um, I was there, and 
We were up six to nothing at one point. It's like the sixth or seventh inning. We're like, oh my god, we're gonna win this. We'll go up three to one. It's pretty much series over at that point. Instead, we decided to put in Mark Wollers. He gives up a what, two or three run homer, run homer to Jim Laritz. That ties the game and forces extra innings. Eventually, we lose the game, and uh, so we went from could have had a three-one lead to now it's two-two, and then the Yankees run away with the World Series and win it. The other scenario I will pair this with. Sorry, just, if I can add another footnote, I think the Yankees won 13 World Series games in a row after that. That's swell. And I'm sure that also included beating us in 99 Yeah, as well when they swept us. But So I'll pair this with, with uh, the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I knew this one was coming. Um, another big lead. We Wait. don't need to recap that one. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, but the situation is very similar. Yeah. Another big lead. Yeah. You're up huge. There's no way you can possibly blow this. And <laughs> no, they do. no, no need to recap. The, the, the Super Bowl was the worst loss to me because it was actually like at least with the Braves, it's like you still had a chance, but it's still very much the same. It's like the death knell. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. holy shit. If there's two moments that stick out to me more than anything, it's like the worst Atlanta sports moments. It's those two moments. Okay, uh, not to discourage you from trying this particular wine, but I'm gonna go Blau Frankish. Well, Frankish is an Austrian red wine. You might be making a face like Adam right now, like what the hell is Blau Frankish? It has been compared to, it's been compared to Gamay, which is a a French wine that has some acclaim depending on how it's made. And it's kind of a medium body, medium moderate alcohol red wine. It's a little bit spicy, a little bit fruity, but mostly it's just very unexpected. Most people don't know what Blau Frankish is. Mm. They don't see it coming. You know, mm. they might think, feeling good here. I'm feeling like a, you know, well-known California Cabernet. Like the Braves are going to run away with this series. And then and then they just they just blow it and you got to have some Blau Frankish. Also, the name just kind of sounds sad. Yeah. You know, the German language is so, kind of harsh. So, it, like so it sounds like this, this wine yeah. in particular makes you happy and then sort of... Yeah, it'll it'll kind of you know it's moderate alcohol, so up front you're gonna it's it's delicious. I recommend yeah. it, but it's it's gonna kind of hit you with that spice and the tannin, and then That's at the end of the night you might just be kind of feeling a little low. Wow! So you're telling us we drink this wine, we'll feel like something between the Jim Laird's home run and the world and the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Those are their dark days, indeed. Yeah. Appreciate the segment, though. I feel like uh, classed it up a little yeah. bit for us. A whole uh, lot. I mean, that's the, the most knowledge that's ever been dropped in the history of, uh, of, <laughs> of, of, of the show, I think, honestly. But yeah, I mean, overall, I was, I was blown away by that. Every single wine you selected was perfect for the scenario we described. Well, it was, good. it was a good time. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Mark and Andre, any, any final words? I was wondering if we're going to have a Hawks segment. I see they're 3 and 13, but don't have any other. 3 and 14 now. They just lost to the Clippers by double digits tonight. Mm. Got outscored 38 23 in the fourth quarter. Game oh. they were winning. At least Trey Young bounced back. Very Falcons nice game. Tra- yeah, Trey Young had uh, 17 assists. If she said Falcons ass. Yeah, she's been uh, hating on the Atlanta sports leader. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was going to let it slide. <laughs> Seems like it covers the Hawks. No. No. No, you're not big United game on Sunday? Oh, is it this Sunday? It is. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah, we'll watch it. Yeah, that's about all we have to say about that. 
Pair it with a New Age wine. Uh, we already covered the Braves and Bryce Harper. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Kurt Suzuki. Suzuki, Kurt yeah. Suzuki was signed by the Nationals today to a two-year deal. So he's officially off the Braves. I, I wonder why the Braves picked... Oh, the catcher. Yeah, picked Flowers over Suzuki. Suzuki had a much better season than Flowers, I thought. But that's not our decision to make. Yeah. Uh, was he more expensive? Not that much. He is making more money than Flowers. And maybe he had a better uh, rapport with the yeah, know, pitching staff. Yeah, they always talk about Flowers and his yeah. relationship with the pitchers I, and all that. My question is, what does that mean for the other catching position? Are they going to go for real Muto? Are they going to sell for someone like Brian McCann? Not Brian McCann. I, I mean, I know, I know they want more of a full-time catcher, and they don't want to do the platoon thing again. Okay, so maybe the real Muto thing is legitimate, then. We'll see. I'm not out here full-time, so we'll run the Braves segment. Please do not bring Kimbrough back. Yeah, if he wants that much money, no chance. That's not happening. Regardless. He's past his prime. He's a great guy. Wish, we, wish, we, had him in, wish we had him in his prime. Hmm. Can't even be trusted with the ball with the World Series in the line. That was shocking. Don't bring him home. He, uh, you know, Chris Sale comes out of the bullpen and opposed to Kimbrell. That no, that's a great. I mean, it makes sense. Great move on the. Kimbrell had too much Atlanta in him to be trusted with the World Series on the line. No, no, no. I mean, like he, he didn't have a great World Series either. So it's like it made sense. It's still just though you're expecting Kimbrell to come out the door. Great decision by Alex Cora. No. Well, on that depressing note, I think that wraps up today's episode of Atlanta Zone. What, yeah. Over under how many weeks until we have a light, just like fun show again, and not just straight depression? I'd say at least till spring training. I put it at five and a half weeks or months. I can't remember what I said. Shows, shows. <laughs> you said weeks. <laughs> so yes, five and a half weeks. Okay, that's what I'll put it at. What do you think, Adam? The hell's gonna happen in five and a half weeks that we'll be happy about? Maybe Braves make a. A signing. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it, it's going to be whenever December the Braves meetings. make a signing. Yeah. After Thursday, you'll have one more depressing episode about the Falcons, and then you right. won't really care. Right. Right. But we'll just plow through some United coverage. Right. We'll be like, they won. <laughs> they lost. They won the MLS Cup and be like... I mean, if they yeah, win, it's just going to be me arguing that it's not a real championship. Right. And we can't count this as an Atlanta championship. You're what really, are your thoughts on this, You're really responding marketing? to the feedback of your users here, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till that happens. Sure. All right, Graham. <laughs> well, you interrupted me, so I mean, do you have anything else to say? No, no, no. Oh, okay. You just look so sad. I am sad. <laughs> it's life in the winter sports fan. I'm thinking about the Falcons. This poor guy over here in his Hawks shirt and his Falcons <laughs> hat. <laughs> Tomorrow starts today, damn it. <laughs> I'm adorned in the... Turns out, not in, so much. In the attire of losers, but I love them. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, stay in brotherhood, and remain true to Atlanta. Off the top of the sip. Cheers. I can't tell if you're drunk or just tired.